Hey folks, welcome back. Today's Zooming In from beautiful Toronto, Ontario. Our special guest is Jess de Venezia, who is a real estate entrepreneur who's done a few different things. And we'll talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of doing joint ventures. Jess, I think you've done some rent-to-own deals, which was yeah. yeah, which was what I used to focus on back in the day. And you've done some short-term rentals. So looking forward hmm. to jumping in. So tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you got started in real estate in the first place. So how I got started in real estate, I was actually really young, maybe about 20 years ago when um, my husband and I both started in real estate. And now he's just not into it anymore. <laughs> so I make all the decisions. He, he, he got he got burnt out. But you like, kept going. He truly did. So oh, wow. there's a time where... Um, when we had a condo and then his we were buying a condo we weren't married and his parents was like oh my god this condo is so small it's like 700 700 square feet and at that time it was 89,000 and it's oh, those man. two um those two stories yeah. and then they were like it's so small how can you live there and that was my biggest regret actually i oh, should have bought it because they don't make those condos anymore well, it, was that in the GTA? That's right in the GTA. Like, oh wow, yeah. So for eighty nine thousand dollars, they sure as heck don't make any yeah. condos anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so then, from then on, I said I will never listen to anyone else ever again. Yeah. Then, um, I brought him to one of those that you probably know, Tom and Nick and Rockstar. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Kradza so, brothers. Yep. The Kradza brothers. So we first start, let's, that's how we got started with the uh, rent to own. Ah, so what, what year was that Jess? I would say he, he was just starting. They were just starting. I, I went to their meetings and there was literally like maybe 10 people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe about 15 years ago. Yeah. My, my daughter was just born. We, I was able to save enough money. Like I think it was um, $10,000 from his, like from her birthday. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Hey, you want to try this rent to own? <laughs> my husband goes, Oh my God, what are you getting me into? Uh-huh. But he's an accountant. So he's very like, uh, very conservative. I would imagine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, so what kind of uh, rent to own deals did you do? And, and how many of them did you end up doing? So I ended up doing two rent-to-owns. One was in Cambridge, and then the same the, the year after was in Hamilton. And you know what? It's it's um it's good in a way because if I had kept them, that it would be worth a lot more. But we're still friends. Can you imagine? That was 15 years ago. We're still friends with the buyers. They were so grateful. This old Portuguese couple, they were so grateful in Cambridge that we were able to give them like like a home yeah they were in their 60s and they didn't think that they would be approved oh that's amazing yeah mm-hmm. that's when when rent tones work they work so well i i understand what you're talking about though from a an investment perspective it's good i mean i'm sure you made some some decent money on that some good yeah. cash flow but at the end of the day that's what kind of convinced me about long-term buy and hold as well was like yeah two or three years after you get that going and you sell it then it's like Oh, now I got to do this again. 
And then if 10 fast forward 10 or 15 years, you realize how much those properties yeah. are worth now. I was like, totally. I'm like, I, it's one of those I should have, could have, would have. Like I, you get a lot of those in real estate, right? You can't yeah. really, you know, predict the future. Really, so. But you took action, you d- did something and, and, and you got going. So then after doing a couple of rent owns, what did things what did you switch over to, Jess? So, um, rent to owns, and then we had a duplex, and then we started buying in um, Niagara Falls, still mm-hmm. single families, because yeah. like Hamilton was too expensive for for us to. So then I went a little further. So we were doing in Hamilton, and then just last, and then once that was done, I thought, okay, I'm 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 a bit tired now. So I was doing like a lot of the GPLPs, so but on the LP side. Mm, so you were more of a passive investor. Yeah. You more, and yeah. so G, GPLPs on single family homes or on, no, on, on multifamilies. Uh, okay. So you started doing multifamilies. Started yeah. doing multifamily. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the properties we had in Niagara Falls, I had some joint ventures as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> I have some stories <laughs> in the joint ventures. So you really got to know who your partners are, you know, like yeah. same yeah some story so, what, what, so, so tell me tell me a little bit about uh sounds like you've had some interesting times with joint ventures yeah so tell me about some of the big lessons you've learned from doing joint ventures in the past everything has to be written like uh, like everything you can't just take it for granted and you really have to know these people eh just because one time um so we bought this uh, this home in Niagara Falls. I, I just laugh about it. And they were our partners were supposed to take over. Um, I believe it was like February. And they were going to, you know, arbitrage it. So they're going to pay the mortgage. We're going to arbitrage it to, I, I think, either student rental or um, they were going to do a little bit of Airbnb. Mm. Right, they live there. So I walk in. They did a full-on renovation on this house. They turned it into a duplex. This is like a few weeks before we even um, signed the contract that they were going to take over as, you know, they're the tenants basically for this house. I was, what the heck is going on? But that was a big lesson for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you actually, you actually lost me a little bit there, Jess. So walk me through how that deal was structured, how it was a joint venture in the first place. And because I'm, I'm missing some of the pieces. Of we the were, place. we were basically, we were just um, like 50, 50 and everything there. Right. So you put in half the money, they put in half, half the, the money. Correct. They put in half the money. We put in half the money. And, um, and you bought this single family home. Correct. We bought the single family home and yeah. they said, Hey, you know, what would, I think uh, we could afford to pay like market rent for this. And we, I'd like to, my partner at that time was saying, I'd like to, um, you know, do something to it. Maybe I can live in one room and then I can rent the other few rooms. Cause it had six bedrooms. Oh, okay. Like I think a student rental. So we thought, okay, that's less, you know, that's less headache for us. Right. So they moved into the property. They basically. moved into the property, basically. Um, and they said we would purchase it in like three years. Mm. So they so would buy you out in three they years. They would buy it out, which was fine. I mean, no yeah. headache. 
it's going to cash flow. It's going to have the equity. I'm like, yeah, sure. But then what they did was like, they turned it into a duplex. Illegal duplex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which is what I was so um, afraid of because, you know, uh, the mortgage, first of all, is a single family, right? Right. And then um, insurance is single family. Right. So if it and caught on fire or something happened yeah. to it, there's a big risk yeah. there. Yeah. Was, yeah. So I was like, I'm out. Just give me back my money. <laughs> all right. Okay. So moving ahead, what did you do differently after that with joint venture partners or have you worked with JV partners since then? Yeah, I've, I've worked with JV partners since, um, our, like we have a lawyer now who's taking a look at our, um, paperwork and mm -hmm. also it's a little bit more structured where it's in, most of it is in a corporation now. Mm -hmm. Um, and in multifamily now, not in, not in single family. All right. So what, what kind of real estate investing are you and I guess your husband's not actively involved, but he's he's on the sidelines with this. So what he's kind on of deals the are you, yeah, what kind of deals are you guys doing these days? So we just um were in acquisition for a fourplex in Timmins. Uh -huh. We just closed um on a seven bedroom in uh, like an SDR in Florida. Short term and rental, I yeah. Yeah, and then we're in negotiation for like a sevenplex in Texas. Holy smoke! So you're all yeah. over the place. You're in Canada. Yeah, you're well, in the you States, know what? You're... I kind of want to stay with like the the Texas market. I just I was there a few months ago, and then we're also looking at like another partners of mine are looking at for like you know our deal avatar is between twenty to forty units there for the in next Texas. In Texas. Okay. So you're kind of switching gears towards, yeah. you've been doing multifamily for a while, but now you're starting to do it more south more of the border. Active. Down <laughs> I'm more of the active partners now. Yeah. Why did you decide to switch from passive to active? I think it's more exciting. Uh -huh. Like it's more, yeah, it's, it's more the learning part for me. So I'm, I don't like the underwriting portion, um, but sometimes I'll get my husband to take a look. He's a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. So he does that. But a lot of my partners are very strong in underwriting and the acquisition part. Mm -hmm. So I like I like the property management side. And I'm just I'm slowly, slowly loving the um capital raising. Aha. Uh -huh. All right. Well, very cool. So how do you find your partners, Jess? What have you found best for? finding these GP type partners that you're, you're going into business with and how do you guys divvy up responsibilities? So let me talk about the, the ones that like the easiest one. So like, mm -hmm. let's say a fourplex, right? So let's say, or, or maybe the one that we just finished, which is in Yarmouth. Um, somebody brings in the deal to us. I like, like I've been doing the capital they raised for the last one, I would say the last year, year and a half mm -hmm. uh, for the deals. And some of my partners are better at um, like the bookkeeping side that that's the worst part for me. Yeah, <laughs> the, the underwriting and the yeah. 
yeah the, the numbers person and I really and when I do put uh, like a partnerships together I only put like maybe four like maximum four people just because too many all together or four people plus your investors that you bring on board um for the ones that we've done it's just four people all together so how many active and how many passive partners we're all we're all active in the oh, okay world. so you bring you bring active investors and everybody brings some capital to the table as well. So it's a true yeah. joint venture. Is that correct? It's true, yeah. It's a true joint venture. Okay. Very good. So, so are you typically doing this with other active real estate investors? Is, is that what, what yeah. you're doing? You're finding other people that are active. Okay. Yeah. And what have you found has worked best for connecting with these people and managing things because if you've got four active people in a deal i'm sure sometimes that must be a little bit challenging with everybody wanting to have yeah so a lot of people actually when they reach out they go hey um you know they probably have been in investing but, but maybe pre-construction or in single family and they want to learn the process on how to purchase you know like a five plaques and a six plaques and and what like how how to do that mm -hmm. so they usually those are my kind of partners they are they have some sort of experience but not in the multifamily. Mm, okay yeah that's smart so then how do you divide up responsibilities how how do you figure out who's going to do what especially if these new partners have no experience in multifamily? um how do we divide it we, hey, do you want to do this? These are the different responsibilities that, okay, I'll do that. It's, okay. it's easy because there's only four of us um, doing it most, yeah. most of the time. So everybody's kind of pitching in a little yeah, bit. Everybody might be of, do, new, exactly. but you help them out. Yeah. Yeah, exa exactly. And now these days with these um, technology, we're on WhatsApp group, we're on Messenger um in groups and it's really just about hey like it's the key is communication with teams right so i'm gonna do uh I'm, I'm gonna speak to the property manager today usually my mondays i talk to the property managers especially if we need to um get rid of some tenants or there's like non-payment yeah. uh -huh. like the vacancy or if there's any um renovation uh that they're doing for us so my mondays like this morning is basically talking to different property managers like hey what have you done what's going on um things like that so that's usually my monday routine mm-hmm Okay. So you like, you're, seems like you're a people person. You enjoy that side of things. Uh, you enjoy the, the capital raising side of things as well. Uh, managing the managers. Very, very good. What, and then you said one other team member would typically be involved more in the, um, the accounting side, the numbers side. What are some of the other responsibilities that you divvy up with your other partners? Um, Like talking to lenders, um if 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 they could i mean i already pretty much have a team i have a, a lender and that that i talk to all the time but let's say we're in acquisition um we give it to a particular lender but just in case we can get a better deal we go hey can you send some paperwork to this to other lenders right so but, you got a mortgage like a mortgage broker yeah, type mortgage yeah. broker so yeah. 
Yeah. Like no. dividing it is so it's it's not hard. Whatever comes up and you just put it out there mm-hmm. and hey, um, do you want to do this? Most of the time they're like, Yeah, we're willing to do it. It's okay. just really the fir- from the acquisition all to let's say the first three months um is where there's a lot of work to mm-hmm. be done. And after that, it's pretty much stabilized. Yeah, and it's kind of nice that way because then everybody's kind of involved. Everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. And you've got that open communication. There's no nobody's kind of confused about what's happening. Nobody. Yeah. And nobody's confused. We all like we have an email. We have we all have a G, like access to our Gmail drives if there's any receipts that's missing or any communication from anybody. It's it's there. And how many of these different kinds of teams are you involved in, Jess? Because it sounds like you got a number of different deals going. So this example, you have four partners. Other deals, you might have more or less partners. Yeah, other deals. So let's say right now, I probably have five, five strong ones. that Five different teams. Yeah, five different teams. Wow. um, That's always like active yeah. but there's times that are what i what i like helping is the the newbies you know mm-hmm. i like that and then they become if on the first deal it, it's good then they're like hey let's let's do it again let's do it again yeah so what if anything have you had to modify or change now that you're starting to buy properties down in the states um you know what it's really talking to both let the both the accounting and the lawyers and the structures is is a bit different mm-hmm. and even they even interview you eh? for like the lenders they physically interview us wow like, yeah i've never had that before so you, you all have to jump on zoom and meet with the you all have lender? to jump on zoom meet with the lender um but it's actually easier than what most people think mm. and um in texas when we had gone the, the apartment buildings, it's just so much bigger and better. They look like townhomes actually here. Mm-hmm. They're apartment buildings and it's cheaper. That's yeah. like way Bargain we- compared to what properties are in mm, Totally. Yeah. And then good, you know, cash flows better and it's in USD. Yeah. And it's in USD. Yeah. Hey, I'm kind of curious, Jess. So are you typically working with other Canadian-based people to buy these properties down in the States, or have you started partnering with U.S. investors to do these U.S. deals? I haven't partnered up with any U.S. investors with any U.S. deals. It's mostly Canadians. But I think eventually, if you do do a bigger deal, you're going to need a like a KP there who is an American, and that's... We're going to a, a conference, like a multifamily conference there with with um, my team that's going to Texas to see if we can meet some KPs um, out there. But So, the, so maybe define KPs for folks that aren't familiar with that. Acronym. So basically, they're like key partners. So um, they need to have, let's say you're buying a $10 million property. So they need to have the same amount or more in net worth. So they're kind of like the guarantor mm. because we're considered foreigner, right? So it's yeah. harder for us to get like the lending. There is lending for Canadians. Um, but for smaller but deals, if, I would imagine. But for, for smaller, yeah. yeah. For smaller. Very cool. So it's 
it's a bunch of Canadian-based people buying these properties down in the States. Without getting into too much detail, Jess, how do you guys typically structure those kind of deals? You you and your team create a Canadian corporation, which then owns the American corporations, and, that, and that's kind of how you do it? Or what, what have you found works so best? So it's different for the, okay, so for the one in Florida, the seven bedroom that we just bought, yes, we do have um, a corporation in Canada and then another corp in the States, which is like a hold co mm. and then two other um, corp under the hold co. Now I forget yeah. which ones they are. Cause there's so many like LLC or S corp. Um, I forget because we all have our own, um, I guess, businesses as well. Mm -hmm. So you, you definitely need to speak to an accountant Canadian and American accountant so that yeah, you're cross-border specialist type cross person. Yeah. Because you want to avoid getting double taxed, right? That's correct. The, yeah. yeah. So and cover your butts down there. And cover your butts. That's the that's the thing. You gotta cover your butt because they have apparent well, apparently there's a lot of lawsuits. So yeah. Yeah. That's why there's so many lawyers down in the States. Yeah. But I like the learning. See, that's why yeah. I moved over now to the active because I like the uh, the learning portion. I'm a real estate agent, too. And every deal is different. You learn something new. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Jess, this is fascinating. Thank you very much for sharing a little bit about your journey. If people would like to connect with you and find out more, how can they do that? Um, they can connect with me. Uh, my Facebook is probably the easiest, Jezebel de Venezia. So they'll remember if they're Filipino because Jezebel means mermaid. Ah, I didn't know that. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, Jess, thank you very much. Uh, thank keep you up so the good much, work. Dave. Yeah, it's, it's been my it's pleasure. An honor. I, I listened to your podcast. Today I was listening to a guy in Mississauga who's doing rent-to-own. Nice. In Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jess. And everybody, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you.